Welcome to the official broadcast of Life Fellowship Ministries in Kima, Texas. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. Be sure to visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. Before I release the youth and their children, let's recite our mission statement. It is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. When we come here on Sunday mornings, when we come here on a Wednesday night, when we come here on Thursday mornings, it's to develop. It's to, to develop and maintain and grow in our relationship with Him. And whenever we have communion, it's a time of reflection on all the things that the Lord has done for us and to draw us and remind us about this intimate relationship with him. Let's recite our vision statement, which is to become disciples who will impact the world with the love of Jesus Christ. That is our target, guys, is that we come into this personal relationship and that we impact the world around us. So at this time, I'd like to release the Warrior Youth and Student Ministry. You guys are welcome to go back. And I've uh, we've been in this series Give, go, grow. And so, as most of you know, we're, uh, we're, we're in this building campaign that we're raising funds for. And um, so I've been talking about that. I've been talking about this, this whole relationship thing and, and how we have an opportunity now that's very unique for us as a church to give, to go, to grow. And I, I've asked Pastor Christine to, to share this morning. She's been on this journey since the beginning. And uh, I thought it would be good for her to share her perspective on what God has been showing her through this process. So would you please welcome Pastor Christine. Good morning again. Thank you. That was kind. <laughs> um, yes, I'm very happy to share with you. And it's been even before the beginning of Life Fellowship that I've been on this journey. I didn't marry a pastor but the God made us both one. He didn't marry a pastor either. So it's been very interesting to see the development and the changes in our lives as we've gone on this journey. And you know what? We, as a people, as Life Fellowship, we're in a season of change. And as I've had the opportunity to speak to some of you, the change is not always easy. As a matter of fact, really, I realize the majority of you don't like change. <laughs> I know you don't. And I find it um, amusing, I must confess, because you know change is inevitable. Nevertheless, the change that we find ourselves in as the people of Life Fellowship is not one that we expected. It's not one that we brought about intentionally. It's not even one we brought about accidentally. The change has been given to us in a manner in which we recognize, we being the pastor and I, like we became pastors, we recognize the hand of God. And when we recognize the hand of God, it brings us to our knees to seek his direction. Now, anytime we find ourselves <laughs> on our knees seeking direction, we know it's a good thing. Anytime we find anything that puts you on your knees is not a bad thing. I promise you, it's not a bad thing. And regardless of the outward appearances of the situation, it causes us to have faith in God. 
It grows that because we believe that he is leading us through these challenges, these changes, and it's for his glory and it's for his purpose and it's for our good. The past four weeks, um, by the leading of the Holy Spirit, our pastor has been bringing us the word of God through the series that he mentioned, Go, Grow, Give, Grow, yeah, all those things, Give, Go, Grow. And he has been showing us both the needs and the benefits of giving. So this morning, I want to continue in the series, but my focus is on the go. You see, we understand God is telling us go, but what does that mean for us? So um, I turn to the word of God. And in the book of Genesis, God tells his servant Abram, go. So what did that look like? What did Abram do? Now, before we read about the encounter between God and Abram, who is later changed to Abraham, I want to go into the book of Genesis chapter 10. The flood has already happened, and the lineage of the people are listed. It is through Noah's three sons, it is through Shem, Japheth, and Ham who have repopulated the world. It is through Ham, and that was the son who was cursed by his father Noah for what he had done to him, that the Cushites, the Canaanites, the Philistines, the Sidonians, the Hittites, the Jebusites, and many other ites came descendants through him. And the descendants of Japheth, we, I'll just summarize by telling you, they were seafaring people. They liked to travel to the coastlines and then work their way in. And Shem, who was the eldest of Noah's sons, his sons are also listed there. Now, in the listing of Shem's descendants, we find the name Terah. Terah is how we would say it. The scriptures tell us that Terah lived in Ur. Now, the Chaldeans were known to be living there. That was the land of the Chaldeans. And today, that land is known as Iraq. And his three sons were also living there with him. Abram, Abram, Nahor, and Haran. Now, while they were there, we don't know when exactly, except that we do know that he was married and did have children, Haran died. Then one day, I love how scriptures tell us those things, you know, just, hmm, Terah decided to leave and go to the land of Canaan, the descendants of Ham. Terah took with him his son Abram and Abram's wife Sarai, he took his son Nahor and Nahor's wife Milcah and Haran's son Lot. It was important to me to know how all the pieces fit because what we read next in scripture, um, well, on the journey, let me stop there first. On this journey that Terah said, come on, we're going. And they get, we're going to go to the land of the Canaans. And they're on their way, and they go, hey, looks good here. What do you think? And so they stop, and they settled. And they named that area Haran 
after the dead son. So they stayed there, and while they were there, Terah died. There's no mention about how much time had passed between the settling in Haran and the death of Terah. We just know that's what happened. So let's pick up the story now. I think they'll give you the scriptures on the slides. We're going into Genesis chapter 12, and I'm going to read to you verses 1 through 4, and then we're going to go back and talk about those verses. The Lord said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you, make you famous. You will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who treat you with contempt. And all the families of the earth will be blessed through you. So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. Now the first thing that strikes me as amazing is that in the scriptures, it just is, the Lord said to Abram, Abram for you. And I'm like, wait, they just talked. Now, there's nothing mentioned before that, that, you know, there was evidence of conversations in Scripture. So what I see here is the evidence of a thread of teaching. Because we know the Philistines did not honor God. We know the Canaanites. We know all those others came up with their own idols, their own wooden images, their own rock images in which they would worship, bow down before. But God said, hey, Abram. And Abram said, yeah. I went, somebody had to teach him something. Because you know if you hear a voice in the, in the dead of night that you've never heard before, you're not going to go, yeah? If you ran into something you had never seen before, you don't go, mm-hmm. It startles you. It awakens your senses. But this was just a conversation, as if though it had been before. Um, as a matter of fact, scriptures, the last time we have anything in scriptures recording a conversation was between God and Noah, and he was giving instructions about an ark. And he said all these things to him. So let's talk about it. The first thing he said was, hey, Abram, leave your native country. You know, he didn't say, I want you to go down the street, go across town, go to the next state, leave your native country. Now, I want to put into a picture what that means for us today. We can travel to the West Coast. We can travel to the East Coast. We can go to the northern border. We can go down to the southern border. But we're still in our native country, aren't we? I mean, sure, climates may change. Accents certainly do. They think we have one. It wasn't a soothing phrase that followed that. He didn't add to that for just a little while. He said, Abram, leave. So I had to think about 
What did this mean? What did this require for Abram? I mean, consider, he's now in Haran with his brother's bones back in Ur and his father's bones buried here. And then he said this, leave your relatives. Now, family lineage was very important. We see that evidenced through scriptures. For those of you who can read Numbers or Chronicles, we understand, right? It's person name after person name after person name after person name after person name. Relatives' names were listed for the preservation of history and lineage. And his only living brother, Nahor, and Nahor's family were living there in Haran. So, oh, let me tell you this. <laughs> in those days, relatives were more than kissing cousins. Nahor, well, let's start with Abram. He was married to his half-sister. Sarai was his half-sister. Uh, you know, Pastor and I have had this discussion. So do you think it was through the dad or through the mom? It didn't matter to me. It's still kind of, you know. Nahor, the living brother, was married to his niece. Milka was Haran's daughter. That also means she was Lot's sister. So Uncle Nahor was also Lot's brother-in-law. We need a chart, don't we? And before all of you say, ew, because we tend to, you're thinking about all of this intermarriage things, you need to know that in those days, that in, in that culture, to marry a relative was not only common and acceptable, it was considered the right and proper thing to do. Are we glad some things changed? Yes. Okay. Abram knew he's leaving relatives. And that could cause some tension. But I also think that Abram had to consider this fact. Two brothers are stronger than one. And for him to leave Haran meant Nahor was more vulnerable. And so would he be. You see, we think that we read these things and we just know God said go. So, and you know, hey, cool, we're going. But here we are in the same situation. God is telling us to go. And we haven't heard a lot of, hurrah, yay, let's do this. Mm. He also said this. Leave your father's family. Wait, 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 what? Now that was a huge thing God was asking of Abram. Lineage was of great importance. Identity came from the ability to point to your heritage. Leave your father's family. He was asked to renounce all the certainties he had of the past and face the uncertainties of the future. And he would do that just by following the directions of God's will. Wow. This is no small task. It's no light matter. But when we read on that conversation God had, it gives light to the situation because of the promises God made. 
I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who treat you with contempt. And all the families on earth will be blessed through you. By the way, when God said, I'll curse those who treat you with contempt, in case you are not aware, contempt means to look down upon someone or think that you're better than they are or have no regard for them. And it almost makes my breath go away when I hear people talk about our Jewish brothers. They don't know who they're messing with. What God said to Abraham, in short, is this. God said, I will make you. I will bless you. I will bless those. I will curse those. The power of those words stand to this day. If God says, I will, it is so. God said, I will make, bless, and curse. Oh, by the way, just in case you wondered, it's the reason that the first check that is written every month from this church is to support the ministry in Israel. We believe what God says. I will make you into a great nation. Now we see the evidence of this promise through the thousands of years made of applicable it was made thousands of years ago, I'm sorry. But it's even today we can see the promise of that. Now, when God said, I will make you into a great nation, most people think large. Great is large, right? So is the nation of Israel large? No. Is the nation of Israel great? It's amazing to me. If you look on a map and see that, I find it, I find it absolutely wondrous that so small a nation cannot be overcome by the much larger enemies that surround it. <laughs> I'm like, God, your word. God gave it the promise to their father, Abraham. And what I also find wonderful about this passage was what Abra, Abram said. When God said, go, you know what he said? Yes, Lord, I will. So Abram, it says it like this in scripture, in case you don't know. So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed. God said, Abram, leave. And Abram decided to go. Now, here's the thing. He wasn't given a deadline. He wasn't given a list of things to do or a list of places to see on the way. <laughs> he wasn't even given a map on what direction to go. Now, that took a lot of faith. Go. But, 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 okay. No, no argument. No, uh, nothing else was needed. Okay, God. If that's what you're saying, then that's what we're going to do. So, in the study of these four verses, finding out how it was that Abram was the person whom God spoke to, and bringing it all the way back to the son, Seth, 
who was greatly blessed by Noah, and recognizing that there had to have been some kind of a thread of teaching through the families that went on and on and on so that when Abram heard the voice of God, he knew the voice and he knew how to respond. So what does that have to do with us? Everything. <laughs> because you see, what the Lord has told us is go. And we, I believe the pastor had mentioned this before. When the leaders of the church met to discuss the situation, in one accord we all felt that go was the will of God for us. Everyone agreed, yes, go. When God speaks his word, is sure and true when God speaks his words are powerful when God speaks his words do not fail there's only two considerations to have when we hear God speak listen obey God told us it's time for us to go and the reason for it he said is in the going, it will bring forth much growth. He said there's more people who need to hear his word. More people who need to know his love. And there are more people who will come and be able to help us in the mission and in the vision of this church. Yeah. Wow. This is no small task. This is no light matter. We're on our knees. We are seeking God's face. Because here's the big thing. Okay, we're going to go. Where? Where do you want us to go, Lord? We don't know yet. We're looking. We are now in the throes of preparing to move. We thought that an existing church building that was being placed on the market for sale would be a good place for us, but there's been a lot of roadblocks and obstacles. Now, here's the thing. Do roadblocks and obstacles mean no? Not always, not necessarily. But they'll tell you this. If God said no, there would need, be no need for roadblocks or obstacles. So we're still seeking him out. Because if indeed this is where he wants us to go, it won't matter about the roadblocks or the obstacles. We're going to fight for it. We will battle. And when I say we will battle, that translates we're going to pray. Because we know that the enemy will try in every way that he can to prevent the work of the Lord going forward. <laughs> but here he is, thousands of years later, still failing. And we're glad for that. Even when Abram obeyed the Lord and began the journey to the unknown land, there were logistics involved, as there would be with any one of us who were moving anywhere. Hey, some of us can't go across the street without having to pack a bag. I tell the pastor, my next purse must have wheels on it. You know, when you think about Abram and what he had to move, 
He had tents, animals, a wife, a nephew, the clothing, the food for the man and the animals, tools. We don't even, and you know what? There was no moving van that he could call. What, what all they had to move, he had to pack on the animals and take with him. And some of us complain because we have to pack a box. I've never tried to load a box on a sheep, have you? So, Abram said yes to God. And you know what? We have too. So what now do we need to do to go? Because pastor has made it very clear what we need to do to give. But we need all of it. So to go, there are three things that I would challenge us with. First, pray with us in one accord that the Lord will lead us to the place he desires us to be. We need to be not, I don't like that building. It has red carpet. I don't like that building. The bathrooms are just, no, if God said take this, then we will all be in one accord. It's not about our particular preferences. It's about God's will for us. We're not, we have, I'll tell you this, we weren't looking for this place when we found it. God led us here, and it's quite a testimony in itself. Now, I know for some, leaving will be painful, and it's easy to grow, familiar, grow comfortable with familiar. I know that. <laughs> we don't want you to grow comfortable with familiar. We want you to grow comfortable with obedience. The only desire we have in the go is to go to the place where God leads us and that he go with us. We don't want to make it what we want because then we have an Ishmael. For those of you who know your scriptures, that wasn't the correct son. And by the testimonies of others and even by our own experiences, we know that when we wait on him, it causes our faith to strengthen, our trust to increase, and our joy grows because our relationship with him is growing in the wait. You remember those who wait upon the Lord? There's truth in his word. Isn't that amazing? Also, the second thing I would ask of you is to pray with us in one accord that all the monetary requirements to go are provided. If you move to another apartment, oh my goodness, the bank has to change the checks. That shower curtain has to be changed out now. The dishes, whatever. Women, we know, right? All the things that are required when we move. I don't need this anymore, but I will have to have one of those. We know that our move is going to require... And it's not about shower curtains or dishes. It is about logistics. If you consider just this room alone. Um, and then pray with us the last in one accord 
that willing hands and hearts will respond when the time to go has arrived. Scriptures say that the people of God should desire the best of all things for God. We want to leave this building in pristine condition. Whatever is on the walls that we have to take down, we want to cover the holes. We want to make it look right. We want to leave it in great condition for the next peoples that come into this place. We know that we will need your help starting yesterday with the give. We know we will need your help whenever the time comes with the go. And this is our preparation time when the time comes for the grow. So we still need to give. We will go. And we are going to grow. All by the grace, the will, and the love of God. Go. Thank you. Wow. Thank you for sharing your heart and sharing the word this morning. Um, whenever we have the opportunity, we always want to give you the opportunity to uh, receive the Lord if you don't know him. I'd like for everyone to bow their heads and close their eyes. Maybe you're here today and you don't have a relationship with the Lord and, and you would like to come into that relationship or maybe you want to recommit your heart to him today. If that's you, would you slip up your hand? Anybody here this morning? There's no shame in that. The shame would be to walk out of this building and not receive all that he has for you today. Anyone here? Okay. I want to give you an update on where we are on the building fund, but I want us to take a couple of minutes and just pray for the people in El Paso and the city there. Pray for this nation. Lord God, we come to you this morning and we pray for those that uh, are suffering and are hurting today from this tragedy pray for this, this young man. Pray that you would touch his heart and life. We don't know what would cause him to do such uh, terrible atrocities. And we pray for his family. Lord, we pray for salvation to come to their home. We pray for those that have lost their lives, Lord. We, we, we just hope and pray that, that they had a relationship with you and somehow you will cause these families to turn to you in their time of sorrow and loss. And we lift up the city of El Paso and the, the community there. Is, they are reeling, I'm sure, from this tragedy, not understanding how this can happen. And Lord God, we, we pray for that, that city and we pray for our state. We, we pray for this country, Lord, that your hand of protection would be upon us and uh, guide us and lead us. We pray for governmental leaders and uh, everyone uh, that's leading the government to have a relationship with you that we pray for the salvation of everyone in government lord we even pray for our spiritual leaders there are people that are leading churches that i don't know if they're even saved we have people sitting in churches today that maybe have been going to church for decades that may not even be saved lord jesus we pray for a revival to take place this nation a Jesus revival that people would come to you that they wouldn't come to religion but they would come into this relationship with Jesus and we 
pray that that would start here with us, start in our hearts, God. Start in, in this church, start in this community, start in this region, Lord God, that would spread throughout the entire world. So, Father, we just lift up all those that are hurting and suffering today, and we pray for the peace of God that passes all understanding, that guards our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, I have some really good news. Uh, you know, as, as I mentioned, that we are in this building fund, and, and we're, we're hoping to, to raise enough money uh, to uh, purchase land and or a building. And uh, uh, we, we, we would like to have one and a half million. So if God's placed that on your heart, then you can just drop that in the box over here. Um, but I will say this, even if, even if God somehow provided one and a half million, 15 million, even if he, even if he provided $150 million, I would still challenge us to give extravagantly. Because, you know, it's, it's not about getting the money. It's about God getting a hold of our heart and us giving extravagantly. And, and so I've been asking all of us to give above and beyond our tithes. We still have our, our regular bills that we have to pay. But here's an opportunity, I think a very unique opportunity for all of us to give extravagantly. And I talked a couple of weeks about how when Solomon was made king, he, he only really needed to... Uh, offer one bull but he had he offered a thousand offering sacrifices and God came to him that night and said what do you want because I think he saw the heart of Solomon he saw a heart of generosity and giving extravagance and God comes to him and says what do you want because he knew that he could trust him because he wasn't praying for riches he wasn't praying for uh even the death of his enemies and all these kinds of things. He prayed for wisdom to lead God's people. And God said, because of your heart and desire to lead my people, I'm going to bless you with the things that you didn't even ask for, wealth and, and, and uh, protection from your enemies and all, all of these kinds of things. Because God is looking at our heart. And we have one of, one of the things that I recognize is as we go through this life, there are seasons, there are unique opportunities that God presents to us to give us the opportunity to really grow and, and to give, like this example, to give extravagantly. And I know, and many of you know, that you cannot outgive God. And I think that sometimes God pre presents situations to set us up, to challenge us to give. And then when we give, he's like, man, I'm like Solomon. I know I can trust them. I'm going to give them more. And if, if, you're, if you've been coming here for a while, you know that we don't teach give to give. That's rooted in selfishness. But we teach to give, to honor God, and to obey. And he says in his word that when we give, he will open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing so much that we can't contain it. He says with the measure we give, he will bless us back. And so here's a great opportunity for us to give extravagantly. There are three areas of giving. There's tithes and offer, tithes that belong to the Lord. The first 10% of our, re, our increase belong to Him. Then there's offerings, and then there's extravagant offerings. And most people, most Christians never even experience extravagant offerings because they never tithe. 
There are so many Christians that don't give anything. So many people that say they're Christian that don't even do the basics tithe. And, you know, uh, some people will say, well, tithing was in the Old Testament. That's not, it was in the Old Testament, but it was, it's in the New Testament too. Jesus said in Matthew 23, 23, yes, you should tithe, but don't neglect the weightier things, justice, mercy, and faith. Those things are even more important than tithing. So tithing is a basic fundamental thing that we should all do as Christians. But yet many Christians don't tithe. And they're missing out on the blessings of God because God says to Malachi, just test me in this. I'm watching, see what I do. And so we are at a season where God is giving us an opportunity to give extravagantly. And the exciting thing is that God takes our money and he saves souls. Pastor Christine mentioned it this morning. The first check that we write every month goes to support Israel and the ministry in Israel. Every month, we write a check because of your faithful giving for $1,000 that goes to Israel, to the ministry there, to reach the Orthodox Jews and and teach them and lead them to the Messiah, the the true Messiah. And and people are getting saved over there. As, As Pastor Christine talked about, God has a special place and favor for the Jews. Romans 1 it says to the Jew first and then to the Gentile and so we want to bless his people and and as we read today God blesses us as we bless them and we're not doing it to to get blessed we're doing it because God says to do it because we want to see his people blessed and God just naturally reciprocates when we give and when we give extravagantly God God gives to us extravagantly again we don't give to get we give to honor him and God's character to give so I I wanted to just give you some statistics here we've had uh, so far to date we've had 19 families give to this building fund amen and so I know that there are some families that haven't given yet and and hopefully you're still praying about that and and, uh, I know that there are some families that have given that are going to give more I know uh, Christine and I are going to do that we're giving and we're praying and and, uh, but let me, let me tell you what the breakdown is before I give you the final, the total number today. We've had two people give $100. We've had one person give $200. We've had one, when I say person, I mean family, actually. We've had one family give $250. One family give $300. We've had three families give $500. We've had one family give $650. We've had three families give $1,000. We've had three families give $5,000. We've had one family give $7,000. We've had two families give $10,000. And we've had one family give $100,000. So thank thank you, Lord. Thank you for your provision. And and I want to thank you for your faithful giving. Uh, Last week, we were at $137,400. And, uh, well, on the 21st, okay. And then uh, what was given on the 28th was another $10,000. So that puts us at 148, uh, 148.101. So you see that we're, uh, we're, we're trying to get to, well, 1.5 million, okay. <laughs> But if we have to take out a loan, we're, we're hoping to get to 500000 300000 
minimal. So you can see that we're halfway we're halfway there to the $300,000. And that's just been in four weeks, what you guys have given. So I want to thank you for your faithfulness. And again, uh, you know, this is so we can uh, grow, and this is so we can go to a, a larger facility. And, and I, you know, it's one of those things where uh, sometimes we won't change or we won't make a change until we have to and sometimes I think the Lord puts his foot in our back and pushes us to get off get out of our comfort zone and I think that this is one of those times so I want to thank you so much for your faithfulness for giving of your tithes but also giving your offerings to the toward this building fund and I know that God is going to take the little bit that we give and do more with it and I'm not saying that this is a little bit I know this is a lot but as we come to this understanding that when we give and when we honor God God blesses us back and and that's my heart is that we will take advantage of this opportunity that God is providing for us and just watch and see what he does not only in our hearts not only in our lives but in the lives of this uh, the life of this church and and as we have the opportunity to reach out to the community and uh, see God move, not only the community, but already, guys, we are impacting the nations. We're impacting people across the globe. We don't know who's watching online. People may be getting saved that are watching online. And so here's an opportunity that we have to continue to expand our territories and see God move in a greater measure. Lord, I thank you for this generous, gracious congregation. Lord, I thank you for those that have given. I thank you for those that are giving. I thank you for those that are going to give. And I know some of us that have given are even going to give more, Lord. And so I pray that you would provide abundant resources for us to do all that you called us to do. I know that you're calling us to go, and I know that you're going to provide. And many times you provide through people like us that you open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings through, and then you use us to give back, to be a conduit. So, Lord, we thank you for this. In Jesus' name. Uh, the prayer team will be over here if you have prayer needs. If you want a giving envelope, please raise your hand, and we have some of these giving envelopes. And I want to thank you. And uh, I look forward to next week to the report, the update. And so we want to keep that needle moving and uh, keep it going all the way around. Amen. All right, well, thank you. The Lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you and to be gracious to you and to pour out his abundant blessings upon you as you go through this week. And we thank you, Lord, for your love, your grace, your mercy, your provision, your blessings, your favor, everything that we need in Jesus' name. So I want to challenge you as always, make a difference in the world around you. Go out and live it. You're dismissed. Thank you for tuning into our broadcast. For more information, be sure to find us at our website at www.lifefellowship.me or call us at 832-864-2800. Have a great week and remember to live it. God bless you.